gonna let you route. I'm gonna let you ride. Like five minutes. <laughs> Clean air. Yeah. Start um, us up, Daryl. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome to No One Likes the Tuna. No one likes the tuna podcast. The world's Dude, no, this is twenty twenty two. You gotta do better than that. <laughs> you gotta do better than that. All right. What am I working with here? Like we we are. Mid to 2022, we started this, what, uh, six years ago? Seven, six or seven years ago, yeah. Six or seven years ago is a long time. So we've been out here watching movies and primarily Fast and the Furious, but also now a lot of other stuff. And we're using our Fast and the Furious um, perspectives here to enjoy other things. And, but really, like, it all comes to every movie I watch now, it's always for the purpose of the podcast. Like, yeah. I never watch anything without trying to find some sort of Fast and the Furious comparison. Um, I don't. I watched a lot of movies. <laughs> like, the ones I rue most in my life are watching the Fast and Furious for this podcast every week. Mm-hmm. Really not fun. But this week we we I got a little reprieve from that to start off the new year fresh, mm-hmm. fresh as hell. Um, we are doing our cycle twenty two in between our movie to start the year. It feels good. You yeah. like? Uh, did I like the movie? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but but I like that it wasn't one of the ten Fast and Furious films that we watched over and over. Right. Again. Yeah. Have you seen it before? No. Mm. Have you? Me neither. No. Yeah. So the clue people in, we watched the 2008 film Babylon AD starring Vin Diesel, directed by Matthew Kasovitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I watched it this morning. I'm back in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I'm currently in um, managed COVID isolation for 10 days. Oh, wow. So, Got you. Checked in and um, quarantined officially. Officially quarantined, man. I'm uh, actually unofficially. They made it very clear in a big document when I got here. It was like the difference between quarantine and managed isolation. Uh, no, I'm in a hotel for ten days in a hotel uh-huh. room that I can't leave except for an hour a day at a scheduled time. Uh huh. So in Christchurch, they flew me down to Christchurch for it. I'm at the ass end of the world. How far is that from Auckland? It's like an hour and a half plane. Uh-huh. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. That's like flying into SFO, and they're like, all right, we're going to fly you real quick to LAX, Yeah. and you got to hang out there. You hang out for there. You got to hang out in San Diego. Like, yeah. you got to hang out in San Diego for a little while before you can resume your business. So the slots are all managed by, like, just how how booked up everything is at the time your flight gets there. Mm-hmm. And that scales up and down based on like how many people need those slots for like COVID quarantine, actual COVID quarantine. Okay. Um, so when we got to all, so they never really know where you're going to go and your plane has to all go at once. They can't like separate people into different, whatever factions. Uh huh. So you never know where you're going to go. And so when we landed after 13 hours in Auckland and everybody's like beat to hell and like exhausted and ready to just like get on a bus and go to quarantine. They're like, well, we're going to fly you to Christchurch. <laughs> wow. You're like, oh, man. Damn. So it was all right, though. 
Got through so it. You're... Got through the flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, and they make you pay extra for all this stuff, right? Oh, I'm like, paying for this, this hotel room. Yeah, this all comes out of the traveler's pocket. Yeah. yeah. For the safety yeah. of others. For the safety of others, I'm paying for yeah. it. To, for the yeah. privilege of entering this country at this time. You know, mm-hmm. even with my uh, residency visa, even with my vaccination, even with my um, uh, 48 hour prior to flying negative PCR test. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't vote and I don't make the laws in this country. And I'm just here as a guest to abide by whatever they tell me to do. That's what I'm mm-hmm. doing. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but that's cool. Uh, I got a chance, got some free time on my hands to watch Babylon, to watch Babylon AD. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I mean, this movie looked great for the first um, half. Yeah. First, like two thirds. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of into this movie. I thought Vin Diesel was like kind of in his prime form. Yeah. Yeah. What's the corresponding Fast and the Furious in 2008? Uh, Eight is, let's see, Tokyo Drift is six. And then um, Fast Four comes out in nine. Mm -hmm. That's a year later. Yeah. He's in good form at this point. Like, I think. Like physically, you're saying. Yeah. Physically and I think. Yeah, I think he's got a good blend of his previous characters. Just he's got a little bit of that. Um, what's his name? Xander Cage Swagger, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he is more of a movie star at this point, and it shows. I like his performance in first half of the movie. I like his performance. I actually generally like his performance in this movie. I'd say like he is peak physical, although they've they've gone a little. I know we like end up talking about how Vin Diesel looks uh, like every episode of this podcast, but it's an important mm-hmm. topic. I do feel mm-hmm. like that. They've gone a little overboard with the hair stubble dye, in my opinion. Oh, that's a dye. I am almost, it's either a dye or there's some like cosmetic enhancement of his hairline mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. You can see the deep recession that's happening. But it's uh-huh. all shaved short, but it's also like he wants to make sure everybody knows, oh, I still have and can grow hair. <laughs> I liked finally. it. Yeah. I liked his hairdo in this one. I think I I definitely noticed. I was like, ooh, it's looking nice, dark, and full over here, like purposely shaped down. I think the um, the scarring, I think, that they put on his head as part of his overall bad boy mercenary yeah. image was really helpful and distracting from the potential uh, falsification of the true hair density. <laughs> I think there's some falsification going on, is all I'm trying to say. And I do think we need a listener to look into this. Mm-hmm. I am calling on one listener to confirm or deny my theory right now, which is Vin Diesel famously only gets his shirt off for Vin Diesel movies, right? That's like his line. It's like, I only take my shirt off from Vin Diesel movies. Is this the only movie, which I posit it is, in which Vin Diesel is shown to have chest hair? Oh. Like, at all. Hmm. I think it is. I think I, so. I think of another. <laughs> I mean, but like we've made it a point. In this movie, yeah. and it's a full hairy chest. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I mean I don't want to make this the chest hair podcast, but I've been watching this uh, 
like Korean dating show on Netflix. Yeah. Singles Inferno. And it's just there's this <laughs> one dude. There's this one dude. They're all I the most of them are super buff Korean dudes. And this one guy has a very stylized chest hair thing. It looks like a falcon is on his chest from far away. You come you he comes up and then you see it. It's just like from the upper pec down to the middle, but this guy's got abs, so he shaves kind of the area from the ab to like below the belly button, but it creates what looks like a bird, like a Rihanna, almost like a Rihanna tattoo on his chest. Wow. Yeah. It's definitely a statement. Yeah. I mean, I do sort of want to turn this into the chest hair podcast. <laughs> so if you, if listeners out there, they got any other like solid chest hair tips, let us know. Let us yeah. know. You know, I don't think I've ever done anything cosmetically. Or otherwise to my chest hair. Right. I just sort of let it rip for my whole yeah. life. Yeah. 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 I got zero chest, chest hair? hairs. Yeah. I got zero, <laughs> zero of them. Never has been one that needed any attention whatsoever. Never has been one before. <laughs> not even a weird like, huh, and pluck it out and that was it nope, forever? Not <laughs> even one. It was never one to begin with ever. I just like, there's no, yeah, nothing. I have a fluffing is what yeah. I'll say. I have a fluffy uh-huh. chest hair. Oh, nice. That's all. <laughs> a bit for the listeners. Um, yeah. Okay. So this movie is directed by Matthew Matthew Kasovitz, who's mm-hmm. like a French director. This movie feels to me like the most French fucking movie of all time, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Gerard, I mean, not just like the French director and not just because Gerard Depardieu, a very famous French actor, is like fourth build in this movie. And he has one scene and one like um, uh, like voiceover. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and not because, you know, Charlotte Rampling is also in this movie who is a British actress who works and who speaks fluent French and is in a lot of French movies. Mm-hmm. Um but there's just something about this era. I feel like, like somewhere between, like this is like the end of the triple X, like action, like kind of like mid-budget action movie thing, mm-hmm. um, which I really think Fast and the Furious kind of started, where it's like you hire kind of a, a like working man director, right? Like. Mm-hmm. And you just get him to make a fucking like fifty million dollar movie, and that's it. And then mm-hmm. like you print it, you know. And like I, 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 you know, it's like is the script good? No, who gives a shit? Like we put a couple movie stars in this. We'll hire like the cheapest director we can find, and uh, and we'll just make this movie. And it's like it's going to play well, and it's going to do fine. I don't know if this mm-hmm. movie did fine. I didn't look up the box office, which I should probably have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it move. It's a movie that feels like barely directed basically there's like all kinds of weird shit going on where it's just like there's some fancy sort of cgi and camera moving and all that kind of stuff which is just like why are we doing you know there's like one where the camera moves from outside a skyline Mm -hmm. all the way through like into through the pane of a window into a building through a hallway into a boardroom where it's just like a conversation happens yeah. <laughs> like between like the evil boss and like her minions and i sat there being like 
and I'm not like the one who a person who's like the most fluent with camera and directing and lensing and like all that kind of stuff. I'm just really not. But when it stands out good, I notice it. And when it stands out bad, I also notice it. And this one, I was just like, what was that for? Like there was, Mm -hmm. it was, let's just set up the fucking camera in a two shot and have a conversation and like be done with this scene, you know, and have the confidence that like your actors are going to work well and like things are going to go. Okay. And, um, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So not, um, I just didn't, I just thought it was kind of shoddy and shitty. And then the color grading drove me absolutely out of my mind. The whole movie basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the biggest call out for this movie is really the, um, like the, I don't know, like dysfunctional plot. Like what happened? What happens? What happened? Why? Why did? You, what happened to all this? What happened in the whole movie? I don't understand. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, okay. So we should probably go through it a little bit. He's like a smuggler, right? Vin Diesel plays to to me to uh, Trupa. Yeah, to Trupa. Trupa. Sorry, Trupa. Yeah, Trupa. It's a, like sort of po- post apocalypsey you know, like obviously the structures of society have devolved mm-hmm. and he has been hired uh, by Gerard Depardieu to smuggle Melanie Thierry, who plays Aurora and mm-hmm. her nun best friend uh, played by the great Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> right. Which is like wild. <laughs> who gives the most boring performance in this movie. Oh my um, God. <laughs> uh to he's hired to smuggle this girl from Mongolia. Mongolia, thank you. From uh, a, yeah, from like from a cave, a convent that's been carved into the mm-hmm. uh, the face of a a mountain, kind of like Mongolia. Indiana Jones style in Mongolia. Yeah. To New York City, to her farm, mm-hmm. uh, and um, they get into some trouble. Along the way, there's other groups that pop up who you aren't quite sure who they are. Mm-hmm. I think the big group on in the beginning, I still don't know who those people were, where the, who they were working for. They said they're with his the dad, right? Right. But um, yeah, don't yeah. Know. I mean, and the girl has psych. Like it's hard to understand. She has psychic powers. She has some sort of divine powers Mm -hmm. that are unspecified and unclear and unlike developed really until right at the bitter end of this movie Mm -hmm. when spoiler alert she like stops an explosion from happening and killing Vin Diesel and it's like I don't know it's like the whole thing is half cooked. Like, mm-hmm. I, you, know, you know what I mean? It's like, like I was talking about, it's like, yeah, just throw them all together. It'd be fine. Like we don't need another draft. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like we're, we're, yeah, I think it's maybe somebody got this through because they're like, Oh, you know what? The story is told is told through the eyes of tour up and tour up as a mercenary professional. It's like, I don't need to know anything about what I'm doing. Pick up, right. drop off. I don't need any information. Right. But, the downfall of that is that we, the audience, have no information. So we just right. get like 
<laughs> huge gaps and like we're just supposed to accept whatever's coming to us as yep. fact and it's difficult i don't know what like gerard depardieu plays the character who hires him to do the smuggling like sort mm-hmm. of a seedy gross guy and we don't get i don't i didn't get a clear picture of like who's he working for he's clearly mm-hmm. not working for charlotte rampling who's the big bad of this movie uh because she kills him in the end with like a missile or something <laughs> like also like mm-hmm. a missile shit this like was like yeah. what <laughs> um uh but yeah and so like every character that pops up along the way um mark strong who's a great actor is in this movie Mm -hmm. um we get a little more of him he's like his old smuggling buddy and then sort of turns bad when he learns how valuable the girl is and all that sort of stuff and he has to kill him but basically like i don't know who charlotte rampling was or what she really wanted other than like sort of healing technology or something like that i don't really know mm-hmm. who Jude- gerard depardieu was i don't really know what the nuns were up to like what are these fucking nuns okay. doing? Yeah, yeah yeah like so i think the mom is some sort of cult leader she has in the apocalyptic world uh she's michelle yo is a like a nun who right. is under the spell of her of the mother right, right who right, runs right. a I'm going to call it, yeah, like a huge cult slash corporation. Right. And she's trying to get the daughter. Right. Um, Away from the father. The father wants the daughter and the mother wants the daughter also. Mother wants the daughter because she's about to give virgin birth to twins. Right. And she's going to use that as a publicity stunt to get more people to join her cult. Yeah, that sounds right. It's like this yeah. time there's two Jesuses. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the other thing was like the missile thing, actually, but I know I've mentioned it a few times. It bothered me a lot because mm-hmm. the rest of this movie up until that point are kind of small stakes. You know, mm-hmm. there's like gunfire and like punching and some car shit and, you know, there's some like magnetic, you know, magnets and like other weird, you know, janky future tech stuff but like not out of the realm of feasibility and then all of a sudden they start running and they're like it's a missile that shoots your dna and you're mm-hmm. like wait what the fuck what? <laughs> like what yeah. <laughs> um and and they do it like twice you know or like three times uh right so i just thought like god that seems fucking lazy you know mm-hmm. so yeah, the um, movie was lazy in my opinion. Yeah. I was so I was trying to read up like about the movie. I was like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that either I missed or was purposely left out is that they were trying to build um a story around Tour Up in his yeah. past, in his CD past. Yeah. I think they were saying that he was supposed to have been connected to 9-11. And they like right. removed that. From the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I'm so, sure it didn't screen well with the focus groups. Right? You know I mean? Yeah. In 2008, <laughs> just like... Just a little... Is that necessary? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, so they're trying to build this thing where he's trying to... Um, yeah, they're trying to build incentive for him to return to the United States after being exiled as like, you know, a 
treason number one, like you will die the moment I you think, step I do back. think 2008 was too soon to have the main protagonist of your movie be like a 9 11 terrorist. <laughs> also, for, if I were Vin sure. Diesel, if I were Vin like Diesel, I'd be like, story. oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> sure that's that's actually, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. Just <laughs> no, but you know, he's not. You know, Vin is like, oh, this script's great, everybody. It's going to be amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. Can't wait to sink my teeth into this character. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, I'm glad that stuff. There's like a little snippet of it, snippet of it where it talks about Iraq a little bit, and it talks about it goes. You see a little snip of 9/11 when he's like, yeah, got the memory eyeball mm. on. Mm-hmm. So there's some vestiges of that, but I think you're right. I think there must have been some sort of larger. 9-11 backstory to him uh pro or con pro or against i'm not quite sure but like mm-hmm. uh uh that they wisely i think decided to cut this movie out uh you know cut out of this movie basically yeah um yeah i think i mean it's a you know i i don't know it's like a cheap quick lazy movie that stars vin diesel it's like what else is new in the, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. it's like they just made one last year it's called bloodshot i don't know i mean i i don't know what your interpretation of the ending is but what the hell happens like so they're in there they're in the big shootout the final missile comes it's yeah. about to shoot them in the neck yeah it she yeah she shoots him in the gut so that the homing missile thinks he's dead doesn't blow him up oh is that what happens I yeah, interpreted that as she shot him in the gut so he would bend over and the <laughs> missile would miss him. <laughs> That's what that happened. Uh-huh, like you uh-huh. see him keel over and the missile flies over his head. I just thought she was trying to get him like ducked down and she just didn't have time to explain. <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> Which okay. I thought was like, oh, that's clever. <laughs> okay, sure. That's much faster. <laughs> It's sort of um, like, um, sort of like at the doctor's office where they um, he uses a little triangle hammer on your kneecap and it right. um, kicks up. That's what she was trying to enact. Yeah, it's like reflex technology. And he he said he says I'm going to count to three, but then he does it on two. So you're like tricked. You know what I mean? It's like you tricked him by, uh-huh, by uh-huh. shooting him. In the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shoots him in the stomach. She she stops the bomb. He blacks out, goes into a coma, and then her dad, who is a cyborg, played by, um, played by her, what's his name, Lambert, uh, Lambert Wilson, who uh, is a pretty famous French actor, and most notably, American audiences will probably know him from the Matrix sequels. Mm-hmm. He played, uh, and including the newest one, which he was just recently in. Um, uh, he plays the Merovingian in those movies. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Sorry, got bad ahead. teeth in the new one. He does have bad teeth. Did you see the new one? Yeah, I watched it. I think it has a great first act and totally falls apart after that. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Um. All right. So, uh, he gets uh revived by her cyborg father, and now all of a sudden has a robot foot, robot hand. Yep. That's it. Like, mom That's comes, 
But yeah, like they just they didn't even try. They go black screen shows up at the um hospital. Yeah. 9 months later. Yeah. Gives birth black black screen and now he's in charge of twins. That's it. Well, yeah, she dies in childbirth basically. Right. It's so weird because there is this very obvious like messianic symbol right like this messianic thing right mm-hmm. um where she's like mary and um and you know she's giving birth to like the um immaculate she has like it's an immaculate conception which they talk about and mm-hmm. she's giving birth to sort of the new saviors or whatever it's very obvious and then it's like she gives birth to like the the new uh messiahs she dies and then he turns to the camera and a voiceover is like, ain't like a bitch. And then like <laughs> movies over. I was like, what? <laughs> and like nothing. Like, we don't know anything about the mom, right? Mom just shoots the dad in the face and then walks nothing. away. I don't know. I guess they got away is from it... her. But he like he gets blown up. Like Turup gets blown up. Mom is on the loose. I imagine she still wants to find the daughter. What happened to that section of the movie? They, they got it had too much to do with nine eleven, and they decided to leave it on the cutting room floor. <laughs> you know, Man. it's like ridiculous. And Charlotte Rampling is a great actress who gives an insane performance in this movie. That's not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, both Charlotte Rampling and Lambert Wilson are in Benedetta, one of my top 10 movies of last year, which everybody mm. should go see. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, like, Vin is like, Vin is not making a departure from his Vincent Diesel-ness, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that's important to know. I think it's an, an important, like, Vin Diesel thing throughout his life in which he... Makes movies, it's hard to say this, he makes movies that I, I think he feels are a departure from the character Dom Toretto, but in fact are not. Mm-hmm. And he gives performances that I think he feels are a departure from all the other movies he's ever made, but in fact are not. And the performances that he gives that are actual departures from his like standard Vin Diesel fare, which I buy the Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel fare. I just want to put that out there. Like you and I, we've been Vin Diesel team diesel for a long time. Mm-hmm. We like it. It's like, it does it for us, but the movies that he makes that are departures from that are movies made with serious big time OTOR directors, right? Steven Spielberg, uh, Sidney Lumet, uh, you know, movies where he has um, a, a big guy or lady uh, coming in and like really working him into a performance that is interesting and dynamic and different and that he's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. That are not Vin Diesel movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Vin Diesel it was the star of Find Me Guilty, but I would not call Find Me Guilty a Vin Diesel movie. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and saving private ryan he's he's you know um he's definitely like has a a part in that movie a big part in that movie but like and gives a really interesting performance in that movie um but yeah it's it's like he's certainly not in charge of the production there and i think that like when he is in charge of the production which in this movie it's like he is let's be honest uh, it, it fails to depart from anything that we've seen before. You know, a lot of these young guys, he could have gone this route, like the Tom Cruise route, right? Like, mm-hmm. basically Tom Cruise, and I'm not saying it would have been as successful for him or at, it worked out the same way or whatever, but Tom Cruise made a very conscious choice after he got famous to work with, like, the biggest directors he could find the biggest and what mm-hmm. he considered the best directors he could find. Right. Brian De Palma. He works with, he works with Steven Spielberg twice. He worked, you know, um, uh, I don't remember who shot a uh, born on the 4th of July. Um, uh, who directed that movie? Uh, Oliver Stone, of course, Oliver Stone, born on the 4th of July. Uh, Martin Scorsese. Like he really makes this choice to like, I want an Oscar. I want recognition. I want to be considered a serious actor. The way for me to do that is to like, make sure I take roles with the people I think are um, like the best working directors alive today. Mm-hmm. Vin did not make that choice. I think he could have. I actually think after Saving Private Ryan, especially after the first Fast and Furious movie, he really could have had the power to pick roles even if they were like third build fourth build roles where he could work with some people you know that were talented Mm -hmm. (laughs) and instead he chose a different route which like no bones no bones about it like the man did what he wanted to do i like totally respect that but like he made the choice to instead like use his power to make vehicles for himself and these mid-budget Vin Diesel movies, I think, like, as a track writer, outside of the Fast and Furious movies, have been largely unsuccessful, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm sure he's frustrated about that, but, like, I'm frustrated about it, too. You know, all the fucking Riddick movies, all the... Yeah. Um, Uh, Like the bloodshot stuff, this, a man apart, you know, like all the Vin Diesel, even the triple X, which he was like, you know. And I just don't, I think it's like, I just don't know what it is. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what it is in him that like makes him believe in himself so much i admire it i think maybe (laughs) i don't know but you know what i'm saying yeah it certainly is an admirable way to approach like your career as an actor because it takes a it takes a huge step to like believe in yourself to be an actor to begin with like oh like i'm gonna present myself but i'm gonna embrace other characters and that's my profession but it's another thing to take another step 
to take the step after that, which is I want to create so that I can. It's almost like you have to design worlds within worlds in order to yeah achieve that level of excellence and it's obviously not easy i think it's not and like uh, you know nobody could have a vin diesel career today just the thing too because like hmm. they don't make vin diesel <laughs> like mid-budget <laughs> action movies they just don't make these movies today like mm-hmm. they're not gonna make riddick you know today they're not gonna make uh, uh they're not gonna make this movie they're not gonna make man apart they're not gonna make triple x like as a starter to a frame they like you know the new triple x got made because it had two previous movies it was like built-in ip shit you know and mm-hmm. if furia ever gets made which i'm i'm just so highly doubtful about um it'll only because there's like some sort of weird built-in fan base and they'll make it for like nothing you know mm-hmm. do it as, like they did riddick again but mm. yeah i mean in that I mean, sense look at, it, yeah go ahead in that sense it's something to savor right because the mid-budget action movie yeah i know it's a true. rare it's species true, but i i don't think i can save for this movie i think it's bad <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, we can go through the numbers. Like, I'm looking at them now. Boiler Room, 28 million box office, but it was made for nothing, so it's kind of a hit. Mm-hmm. You know, Triple X is a big hit. Knock Around Guys, I'm excluding Fast and Furious stuff. Knock Around Guys, $12 million at the box office. Terrible. Uh, a Man Apart, $43 million. Terrible. Chronicles of Riddick, 107 on like a one fifty million dollar budget, terrible. The pacifier, huge hit. <laughs> uh, Find me guilty. I mean, made nothing, but whatever. Uh, Babylon AD. This movie made seventy million dollars on a seventy million dollar budget. That's worldwide. Made seventy million dollars on a seventy million dollar budget. Terrible. Oof. Oof. Terrible. Riddick made ninety four. Shockingly, but I don't. I don't know what his budget was. Um, Last Witch Hunter made 130 worldwide, which is bad. I'm sure that it cost a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like Bloodshot made 37 worldwide, but you know, there's the streaming factor, which we can't figure out. Right. So like none of these movies really do well. And the only one I'm not, other one I'm not talking about is Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, um, which I haven't seen in a long time. But he gives a movie, a, 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 he's he's like fifth build in that movie. Gives a performance mm-hmm. I think is kind of good. But it's an Ang Lee movie, right? It's another, it goes to my theory that it's like when he's working with these like big auteur directors, it works for him. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't know why that's like on my mind, but uh, uh, I like, it's, it's, it's a, fr- it's a thing that frustrates me, I think, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe that's why The Rock doesn't want to be friends with him. It's not successful <laughs> enough. It's like, hey, I've seen your portfolio. It's no good. <laughs> I think you might be right. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, who makes bank? Uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds. Like, those Deadpool movies, like him or love him or hate him, they made a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 Kevin Hart, all his fucking comedies, like those comedies, make a shit ton of money. Gal Gadot. Um, Gal Gadot. Moneymaker. Moneymaker. 
moneymaker. I, I think he might he might be onto something there. He, like <laughs> Rock wants to like align himself with moneymakers. You know, mm-hmm. he did his homework. He watched the uh, he watched the catalog and he made an assessment, which I think yeah. we're arriving at potentially the same conclusion. I mean, the Fast and Furious movies make money. Like, there's no doubt. Yeah. Even Fast Nine, which didn't do quite as well as everybody hoped, um, made it made a ton of money. It was like it's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody's like you know going to the poorhouse on it. It's just, it's just uh, you know, in his long, you know, you know, like I think, and this is another Tom Cruise thing that we see is um, these stars want a second franchise, right? Like that's like mm-hmm. the ultimate goal. If you're going to be a big, I'm not talking about being an actor. I'm talking about like being a big fuck off Hollywood movie star. It's like two franchises. Mm-hmm. If you have two franchises, you have full time work, and like you get paid, like, be getting paid a bajillion dollars, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just like you 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 can bounce back and forth between you make movie A, movie B, movie A, movie B, franchise A, franchise B. You bounce back and forth between them. Tom Cruise has tried to do this several times because he has the Mission Impossible movies, which are successful. Mm-hmm. And he has tried to launch the Dark Universe Mummy movie, which didn't work. And he has tried to launch Jack Reacher, which like was mildly successful, but not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's going to try to do it again with Top Gun. And I'm, I'm begging for it to work. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Do we know when it's coming out? May. Yeah. Top Gun is an important movie for me. Mm-hmm. Like, important. Capital I, important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm extremely nervous about it. Yeah. And But I'm excited. Uh, I know there's folks who don't out there, but I'm, I'm a fan of Miles Teller. Um, and I've just, like, the synth, <laughs> like, the trailer starts in the synth you know, flares up and you're just, and those like planes are lifting under the fucking deck of the aircraft carrier. And you're like, okay, hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But Tony Scott basically is like one of my top dudes of all time. And um, I miss him. And it's like uh, a bummer uh, about his passing in 2012. Um, And Joe Kaczynski, who's directing this new Top Gun movie, is like, hey, he's, you know, he's a solid hand. I, you know, I, I don't have anything to say that's bad about him. And maybe the movie's going to be fucking great. Mm-hmm. So I really hope so. Um, what else you want to talk about with Babylon AD? Anything? It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real pooper yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. I would recommend not watching it. Yeah. You can pass yeah. safely. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm for passing on this movie. Um, all right, shall we get into the first of the 2022 shoutouts? We don't usually do a shoutout on our. Uh, oh, we don't. Cleaner. You didn't prepare. Yeah, I didn't prepare. No, one. that's okay. You don't have to do one. I, I have one that I want to do. You got do. one? Yeah. It's okay. Go ahead. Um, I started writing for a website. Oh, exciting. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's uh it's a uh website my brother's friend Sasha started. Mm-hmm. Uh it's called Music Movies and Hoops, which good name. Mm-hmm. Uh it gets to the point. 
so um, he, from my understanding, like he was a working musician or is a working musician, but like obviously the pandemic took a hit to that um, for a time period. And he started this website in the meantime, mm-hmm. when he had like downtime and it's, kind of a blog but it's also kind of like um articles and reviews and they talk like out there's album reviews but there's also think pieces about music there's think pieces about basketball uh and then i'm doing some movie writing for them and i yeah just had my first article published um congratulations yeah that's exciting um called uh most anticipated movies of 2022 so i have a list it's a list of what i'm most looking forward to for this year um, that's slated. There may be other things that come up and a bunch of the movies that I put on that list may push into 2023 <laughs> based mm-hmm. on how things you know go these days. But that's sort of with the best information I'm working with what I'm looking forward to. So um, if you guys want to go check it out, like I'd actually really appreciate it if you check it out or leave a comment or give feedback or tweet it or do whatever. I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of self-promoting right now. I am. Yeah. Which feels shameful. <laughs> But also, like, um, uh, I I, don't, I think it's a good website. Is the is the thing? Like, it's, I really do. Um, and it's like fun writing about movies is something I'm thinking about doing for a long time. So it's like nice to have an outlet for that. Yeah. Very excited. I'll check it out, and everybody else should too. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, doing shout out. Yeah. Okay. So as you listeners may have been keeping track, I've been trying to sell my car. A 2013 Tiguan has a fa- had a fatal engine issue and I was going to sell it. That transaction has been completed with the careful assistance of Carvana.com. Carvana. I'm pleased to report I made money on this sale from my original purchase Whoa. up until now for my like destroyed car like it's not it was not worth anything near what i got for him does that include does that making money include service costs or no no not including service but off of the retail price i paid for it and in its current condition with the stuff that i know is wrong with it like got a good price for it all right yeah, but it was great, and I had I was entertaining offers from both Carvana and Vroom. Carvana was above and beyond in terms of superior service. Cool. Vroom, I thought they were going to be good at it. They were calling me up, but ultimately they couldn't close a deal, and uh, they were just too slow, and I wasn't getting enough information from them. Yeah. Carvana was great. Got paid promptly. They just come, look at it real quick, sign a paper, boom, trailer comes and picks it up. Couple hours later, incredible experience. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I've only used CarMax, which I'm is not a service I'm huge on, mm-hmm. mainly because you have to like take it to the location in fucking like New Haven, yeah, in nowheresville, yeah. Uh, but they can't even pick it up, the, they can't, they sent a guy out to look at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's worth the like whatever right there if you get paid on top of that i you know what i mean mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. so. so yeah cabana was great i'm car shopping again i might have clearance to buy a subaru baja <laughs> this is a worldwide exclusive 
I mean, I mean, if I, yeah, I need all the help I can get because I found a couple sweet ones on here. So if anybody, if any of our listeners know anything about maintaining a Subaru Baja, they can help me uh, fortify my case um, with my partner Jess. Please send it our way. I need all the help I can get. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get some. Make I the know case. some of our listeners on Instagram are are car people, and we'll we'll get them. We'll get them involved. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've got like a like a partial approval to uh, go forward on this thing, but I really need to. Dude, uh, the Baja is so sick. I'm oh so my excited. god! That rules. It's gonna be so sick. That so, yeah. rules. I'm very excited. We'll see if I can get it done. All right, man. Um, well, and we're gonna get it done with our next cycle. We're gonna launch in. Cycle for a new year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should just we're just gonna go class classico. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. yeah. All right. The Fast and the Furious this next week. We'll get on it. And uh, if you want to get on it with us, you can um, tweet at us at Nolt Podcast N O L T T Podcast. Um, we're no one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram. No one likes to tune a podcast at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash no one likes to do in a podcast. And um, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you catch pods. Shoot us a rating. Shoot us a review. If you like it, if you don't, I mean, fuck you. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> be fun. Um, that's it for me, big man. I think so, too. Till next time. I'll talk to you soon.